Alright, hello folks, welcome in to episode 211 of the Get Around Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Queeley, here in the studios of the Traverse City Record Eagle. I am joined, of course, as always, by Mr. James Cook. James, how are we doing on this fine Monday afternoon where it is, I mean, the weather just seems beautiful outside it's it's not gray and raining like it was for like what was that like 36 hours straight over the weekend it's not you're not getting rain out over there we are getting rain over here oh yeah that's what I'm saying. it's still raining yeah it's not still raining where you're at oh no 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 it, it, it's it's raining here but we had a nice day yesterday sunday was pleasant yeah yesterday was a nice day i went out with uh harrison and jp and watched the uh msu game very nice. Yeah. I uh, went, I was hiking through the woods with the dogs while they were playing. I came home, uh, made some dinner, and uh, listened to the game. And I thought I thought the, the Spartans were going to pull the pull the upset and end Coach K's career there. And it looked like it was it looked like it was going to happen, man. It really it did. Good, man. Five minutes to go. Yeah. They were five to five minutes to go. And, yeah, and then it was looking good. Man, they just... The last five minutes of the game, they just couldn't hit any shots. And I didn't get a chance to talk to Harrison, but how did he? Uh, how did he take the loss? They both handled it pretty well, you know. They're like two of the bigger Spartan fanatics that I know. Yeah, and uh, but you know, they handled it pretty well. A couple of beers didn't hurt. Hey, those, you know, a little, a little bit of uh, a little alcohol can sometimes soothe uh fresh wounds like that so dull the pain mend mend a sports broken heart uh we will actually get into uh the bracket madness a little bit later here in the show when we get to the uh final portion of uh of the episode we'll go over uh our brackets and how uh completely busted mine is james is still in it a little bit he's still in it still got it's it a, only a two-person competition well again it. you're in it until your national champion is gone and my national champion is gone but we will get into that a little bit later uh we do have a really wonderful show for you here on episode 211 of the get around podcast uh we are brought to you by jimmy johns of course uh, two locations in traverse city freaky fresh freaky fast jimmy johns Freak yeah. There we go. Uh, so yeah, like I said, great show. Uh, we have been, a, I think, I don't know, it was certainly since I've been back, we haven't had uh, three guests on at the same time. Uh, but we have from Grayling, Caleb Call, Dylan Craig, and Ethan uh, Koharik. And uh, really happy to talk to those guys. Uh, they were a pleasure to talk to after the the game last week against Sanford Meridian in which uh, they won the program's first regional title. Uh, in 65 years, and that was on the same night that Lakely Lanos St. Mary won their first regional title for the first time in 72 years, and it was it was so it was so interesting because I wrote my story and I'm like, man, 65 years, that's crazy, that is such a long time. And then James, you sent your story in, and I'm sitting there reading it, and I'm like, wow, 72 years, okay, so. So Lakely Lanau St. Mary they they win twice uh, on that night. They they have the they broke the longer streak and they won a regional title. Yeah. Well, Graylings could actually be a little a little longer than that. 
um, because the the one that was 65 years ago was won by Frederick, which is now part of Grayling. Oh, so they so were it, incorporated in. Incorporated into Grayling. So that's considered a, a Grayling regional title, but it was actually won by Frederick back in, what is it, 1957? Seven. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And uh, kind of like the the state finals appearance for the team, you know, that's part of Benzie now. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was fun fun going through that, and I you know I'm doing a little research again. You and I both uh, that night writing from uh, I'm writing from the parking lot in in Grayling. Did I tell you this? I'm sitting there. It's about eleven thirty at night. I'm sitting there uh, in the parking lot working, and I'm either I, I assume at this point I'm probably reading your story, and huh. Is this the plow story? No, this is the cop story. Ah. This is this is the uh, a police officer coming up and shining a light, driving up, shining the big spotlight into my car, and you know I'm I roll down the window, and uh, he says, uh, "How you doing? What's going on?" And I <laughs> I went and I reached for my uh, my record eagle press pass. Not that he would be able to see it from where he was. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm uh, I, I work for the record eagle. I was here covering the boys basketball game, and uh, I'm just finishing writing up the article. And then I'm gonna I'll, I'll get out of here. Uh, and yeah, it was this. I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It was at, that was after the Lake Leona, um or no, the Gaylord St. Mary. Uh, girls basketball game uh, where I had pulled into like a plow company or something like that and someone rolled up uh, and it's uh, yeah you just you, you do kind of stick out when you are the lone car in a parking lot and you're sitting there with you know all the lights on in your car and uh, a computer on your lap people will often be curious to yeah to under to find out what what exactly you're doing there yeah I run into that too because I sit on the passenger side to do to do my story because there's more room you know to put the laptop actually on my lap and stuff yeah and everything so it probably looks even weirder you know that you're not even behind the wheel and everything i had one time where my car went dead because i had i didn't turn the car on i just had the laptop plugged into the car and my phone tried like charging my phone and charging the hotspot and the laptop off the battery yeah and car went dead and luckily this was at Manton years ago for a basketball game. Luckily, a cop stopped by and asked how I was doing. And I was like, well, my car's, my battery's dead. So I'm about ready to leave for Traverse City, and I can't. Like, not so good, officer. Not so good. And, he, and I was like, can you, can you give me a jump? And he's like, well, we're not supposed to, but I will. I'm sorry. Isn't it up to protect and serve and I serve? No, that they're not supposed to do, uh, uh, technically. Giving a jump to someone yeah. is... That seems... I guess there's some rule against it. Well, I am going to call the police. Which, which, let's, which, well, you know which, what? Let's call 911 right now and ask. Let's, let's go ahead and let's, let's, let's patch them in, find out exactly what's going well, on. The last time I was at Grayling, I, had, I was writing the story and I was in the parking lot. And uh, I just had just like a kid from Grayling pulled up in his truck and was just like, you all right? So... Um, I, yeah. I mean, I had I had a situation at the uh, the Cherry Bowl Drive-in, where my uh, my car died, 
because you know how you go to the the drive-in theater and you you turn the radio and that's how you hear the audio from the movie, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I didn't have the car on, but uh, I didn't have the car running, but I had the car on yeah. basically. And uh, I at the end I went to go and and start it and it was uh, dead as a doornail, and fortunately that must be something that happens there all the time because there were like just a few, there were guys walking around with those like portable jumpers you know the ones that you can just it's got like the battery all ready to go and you just hooked it up and I was able to jump my car but uh yeah I uh I imagine they probably do run about that or run into that a lot yeah I mean they they must I'm I, can't believe that I would have been the only one where that ever happened to, but yeah, it's like the a little service that they provide. Now I would imagine that like cops, they can't, they don't want people calling nine one one to get a jump or something like that. But like yeah, if if you're there, I, I feel like you you should it, it shouldn't even be a question. Like if you roll up and just and and help, like yeah, I didn't, I didn't call you to come give me a jump. I'm gonna call somebody else, but. Uh, so, yeah, uh, later in the show, we will talk to uh, Dylan Craig, uh, Ethan Kaharick, uh Caleb Call from Grayling as they get ready for their game against Menominee on Tuesday. And depending on when you're listening to this, of course, uh, that game may either have already been played, uh, is in the process of being played, uh, or hasn't been played yet. Um, so, But we'll try to get this podcast uh up on the website uh, as soon as possible. As soon as we're done, uh, we're done here. Um, one other little grayling parking lot story is that one time after a, after a football game there, I was um, interviewing you know the coaches and everything, and I wanted to talk to David Milliken. And, and Coach Tunney was said, "Oh, he's like I already he already went to the locker room, you know, because you know, change and rest up or whatever." And, uh, and it's like, okay, well, I'm like, well. I did all my interviews, and then I see to Coach Tunney as he's leaving the field, and I'm like, hey, can you send David out here when he's done? And I'm like, just have him look for the white Malibu in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I had already started writing my story and downloading photos and everything like that, and like David Milliken taps on the, <laughs> on the window of my car, <laughs> like 15, 20 minutes later or something. And I just sat there and interviewed him in the cold during the winter out in the parking lot. So we've got three boys teams left. Uh, we've got uh, a pair of Vikings and some Eagles. Uh, we have Cadillac uh, left in Division Two, Grayling in Division Three, and Lake Lenoir St. Mary in Division Four. Uh, we will see on Tuesday whether or not any of those teams will be playing on Thursday, uh, uh, with a chance to play on Saturday in the state championship finals at the Breslin Center at Michigan State uh, University. Uh, I wanted to get into it, uh, James, because you had the chance to be down at the Breslin last week and saw Glen Lake play and unfortunately get eliminated in the the semifinals. Um, but they had they had some trouble uh, in that game. You know, twenty turnovers. They had uh, Grace, their best player and the best uh, girls basketball player here in Northern Michigan right now. Uh, she fouled out. Uh, Ruby Hogan also followed out, and then you had one of their best defenders, and Jessica Robbins, uh, go out yeah. with uh, uh, a hyperextension of her knee in the in the third quarter, and you know they lost. I, I say only, but with all of those things, they only lost by thirteen. 
to yeah. uh, to the number down, one team in the state. And they were only down by two at one point in the third quarter. I mean, they they had they had gotten right there within to be within two in the early part of the third quarter, and then uh, yeah, I mean uh, they reduced the amount of turnovers that they had in the second half, but um, but not enough. I think they had eleven in the first half and ten in the second half, um, which is actually less turnovers than Arbor Prep normally commits. Our coach said in the in the post game press conference, he's like, and actually we usually get about twenty five a game. You know, because they they press a lot and they run like a half court trap, and you know they do a lot of pressing and trapping. Um, so, uh, you know, once they got into their half court offense, Glen Lake gave them some trouble. You know, they had they had trouble in the half court offense scoring against Glen Lake. It was when they got those turnovers and got out in, in transition that they they really thrived. Um, and then Arbor Prep went on to win the state title too. So, it, you know, at least Glen Lake can say, hey, we lost to the the state champions yeah that's I, I we've talked about this uh before but that's always kind of the one um that helps just a little bit in in the losses they're like okay cool i i lost to the state champion so i think gaylord st mary gets to say that as well because they got knocked out by fowler and I, I i believe fowler uh won the state yeah, championship I, yeah as well. they did so pretty sure it was uh Interesting. I, I I don't know why James, but I I am so curious about the fate of Dora, and we we still don't know, or at least we don't know at, at this point. Uh, I I have told Grace and, and Jessica to to keep keep us updated on what's going to happen to that that Barbie doll. But it was really funny doing that story. I don't know if you had a chance to read it, James, um, mm-hmm. but it was. It, I talked to to Grace first. And she's like, yeah, we're probably going to pass it down and, and that. And she's throwing the – she was basically throwing Jessica under the bus for the um, burning at the stake uh, of this of this poor Barbie. Uh, and it was just funny hearing, hearing Jessica goes, no, Grace is lying. Like she's she wants to burn it too. I don't know what she's telling you, but she also wants to – she wants to burn it. Um, it's – it, it's just funny those kind of small off the court, off the field things that can often bring a team together. You know, even in a loss, uh, after a loss, something like that. Uh, I, I, that's the the great part about having a team and having a special group like this Glen Lake team, which went twenty five and zero before that loss to uh, to Arbor Prep. Uh, uh, certainly. Uh, a special crew. Yeah, and, and it's one of my and one of my favorite stories of the year, I think, so far. You know, and especially the the part that where they're talking about that they may they may burn Dora and then take the ashes and put them inside the new Dora that they get for next year's team. <laughs> I was not made aware of this. <laughs> no one said this. This is like I'm serious. This is like some serial killer level stuff. Where it's like we want to, you know, we're either going to burn her, or we are going to tear her limb from limb, and we're going to keep a limb. Like I, I imagine, like I twenty years, them. twenty years down the road, it would be interesting to just like if I happen to be in Northern Michigan, or you know, run into to Jessica Robbins, and she's at the grocery store, and I see on her key keychain she's got her keys, and there's a little a Barbie arm. 
attached to the keys. I was like, oh, that must be, that must be Dora. Must be part of Dora right there. Still, still got her. Still keeping her close. It would be pretty awesome. Or to see if the team 20 years later still is keeping the tradition going and still has another Dora. Yeah, I, because I think Grace said that this has been going on for at least as long as they have been in high school. Yeah, at least four years. And it was happening uh, before then as well. So it seems like at least a couple of years before they uh, they got to the program. Um, and this is where doing the podcast has really helped us out, getting some some cool stories because that's where that came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the around for the pod, for weird podcast questions. Which is James, I, I I love that I can always count on you, and I'm sorry that I stepped on yours a little bit earlier because uh, we did talk to uh, Ethan, Dylan, and Caleb uh, before we're recording this portion uh, of the podcast. Uh, but I was actually, I was there, and I got to witness L.J. Meade do the gritty, the gritty. on uh, center court, like just lined up right down the, they've got that, you know, big sword uh, uh, on the middle of the court uh, at Grayling, mm-hmm. and uh, and do that. And it was funny. I, did did I, pull it off well as Justin Jefferson? I, you know, I, I, I don't. player who made it popular. Okay. Yeah, I don't have anything to uh, compare it to. I, that was my first time seeing someone do the gritty, and then, so I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too familiar with it. But uh, he get he when he finished, he I think it, I think it might have been his wife or someone, and he goes up to him and I, I overheard him go. He's like, I don't even know what just happened, and I went, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if many people do, L.J. But that was. <laughs> When, was... when, when he first talked about it, when I was talking to him the other day for the quarterfinal preview, I you know I asked him about it, and he was talking about how they made Sparty do the gritty in order to be able to touch the district championship trophy. Like they wouldn't let him touch the trophy until he did it. It seems mean. <laughs> and I'm like, at first I thought he said gritty, and I'm like, like the Flyers mascot. Wait, it's not gritty. That's what I've been saying this whole time. Gritty, like D's, G R I D. Oh, gritty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I also went to the <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers mascot immediately. I thought it was a dance that he did. That's what I thought at first too. But no, it's a, it's a, it's a dance that I guess Justin Jefferson from the Minnesota Vikings made popular. So there's a Vikings connection. Okay. All right. That makes <clears throat> sense. I guess. I mean, sure. Why not? But uh, again, little things like that, those those little things, doing the gritty at center court, having this Barbie doll, you know, those little things that become inside jokes that pull a team together, these things that they can, they can that build that relationship, build that bond, and then make you want to play for the other people on the court or on the field. It's, you know, that's the, the great thing about, team sports is that it's not always just about what happens on the field when i talked to josh crocker uh again in the this was on the phone in in the parking lot at grayling after they lost in double overtime to uh, menominee who will be playing grayling in the, in the quarterfinal on tuesday uh i i asked him you know about the season and and you know what he felt was special about it and he goes having lunch with the kids in the room in, in his room they he tried to you know because covid was still going around and he they wanted to try to isolate as well as they could throughout the season uh, to to avoid any sort of illness unfortunately benzie got hit with the flu 
kind of ran through the team and, and hurt Quinn Zickert and hurt Nate Childers, especially in this, in that, uh, in the regional final. But he said, he's like, yeah, I just got to know who these kids were as people by just having them eat lunch in, in, in his classroom every day. And he said, that's where we built our inside jokes and build these relationships and came together more uh, as a team and, and, and you, you realize when you have a team and some a team that's doing something special that that are that's winning and doing things that no other program uh, has done before you know Benzie set a lot of new marks uh, benchmarks this this season and we're seeing Grayling doing right doing it right now and Lakeland off St. Mary doing it right now and Cadillac doing it right now we saw Glen Lake do it and it's uh it it really is it it's just a cool thing to be able to even for us as outsiders still kind of maybe not be a part of but be let in on the inside joke yeah that flu going around is has been hitting a lot of teams i mean uh i think the gun lake girls had a couple of girls that had the, had the flu before um during like regionals and districts I think Josh Crocker said that every, or no, it was uh, Matt Barnowski said that every, all of his starters at Lakeland and St. Mary, all of them had the flu during districts. TC Christian got hit with it too. I mean, Brock Broderick, uh, I don't even think he was able to to play in the in the fourth quarter of their game against uh, um, Lakeland and St. Mary. So, yeah, maybe it's just being passed around on the basketball court. It seems like, you know, kids are like, yeah, I'm thrown up, but I'm still going to go out there and play and get uh, spittle and sweat all over the place. So, um, but we do have, uh, you know, we will, again, of course, we're recording this on Monday, and by the time, you know, you're listening to this later in the week, who knows where we're at. But uh, in Division Two. We do have Cadillac sitting at 19 and five, going up against undefeated Freeland, uh, playing apparently James at your alma mater, Central Montcalm High School. Yeah, the Green Hornets. The Green Hornets. Oh, so we can we can expect uh, what was it? Seth Brogan that played the the Green Hornet, right? <laughs> Pretty sure, because yeah, because yeah, Ryan Reynolds was the Green Lantern and, and did a terrible. Uh, job in that apparently uh, i have i have never seen it but uh yeah i was speaking of ryan reynolds though in superhero movies this isn't a superhero movie but i mean i saw the uh the adam project last night dude i watched it last night too what good. is with I, you and i watching the same ryan reynolds movies but separately i don't know but i love the part where the kid did the uh looked up and said superhero landing it was awesome yeah, it was cool. it was great. It was it was super good. I got a text from my older sister last week, and it was just pretty much like, "Oh my God, the Adam Project! You got you have to watch it." And so I watched that. Uh, I watched it last night, and she also said, "She's like, be prepared. It's a bit of a tearjerker. You know, there are certain moments that she's like, especially mm-hmm. if you have kids or any sort of relationship with your with your parents." And I'm like, "All right, you know, I I myself am like I'm a crier. Like if if there's a sad." commercial or made for tv movie or anything at all i mean i will i tears will well up in my eyes that's just it's just who i am like it's always the tears are always just right there right at the right at the edge ready to go um 
And yeah, I was for sure watching that was, you know, definitely tearing up several points throughout the movie. Um, But uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was so uh, it's Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy. Uh, Those are the same two guys that did Free Guy. Sean Levy also did uh, has done Stranger Things. And apparently he and Ryan Reynolds are working on a third Deadpool movie as well. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I love Free Guy. I love the Adam Project. Yeah, I think Adam Project is even better than Free Guy, but I, I really enjoyed Free Guy as well. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and I think that was the other movie that we watched on the same day. We found out that we had watched it on the same day. Yeah, this was last week we were talking about. Yeah. Because I, I uh, last week, maybe two weeks ago, something like that, because I needed to get the bad taste of the Batman out of my mouth. I'm one of the few <laughs> people who, who didn't really, I didn't enjoy the new Batman movie. Um, I still have not seen it. Yeah. I mean... Depending on who you ask, it's either the greatest thing or or the worst thing. And I mean, I don't fault anybody if you like it. You like it, great. It just it wasn't my uh, it wasn't my cup of tea. And um, but uh, so back to basketball. I think you know what. Let's just let's we'll try to make this part of the podcast where each week. We get distracted by a Ryan Reynolds movie. It seems to, I mean, if he keeps putting them out every single week, we can we'll we'll just keep watching them. Uh, so, but we've got uh, Cadillac going up against uh, Freeland, uh, undefeated in uh, Division Two, and then in Division Three, Menominee versus. Uh, thanks, Grayling. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'm. Can I just take a moment? To, I know that it's that they do it to make it more fair, but I was so looking forward to only having to drive to Lake City to cover this quarterfinal game, mm-hmm. and then to wake up to a text from you that says it had been moved to Sault Ste. Marie, and I was going to have to drive three hours, and I am going to have to drive three hours there, cover a game, edit photos all you know all that get it all done and and then drive back thank god it's a 6 p.m start time like i'm at, at least there's that there is that which is nice but man i i just i i don't i tried to get some clarification from jeff kimberly and i get it but like changing the venues like that it, it seems like it's been done more this year than it has been in the past. Am I am I wrong on this? Um, or is this it, a pretty? It does seem to be happening uh, quite a bit. I mean, you had the the Glen Lake game moved from St. Ignace to Gladstone, uh, or, or not Gladstone, uh, Engadine, and and you know, and then this game, and there's there's been a fair number of them. Um, I guess the. The Glen Lake game wasn't even just a necessarily moved because it wasn't in the middle because it kind of was in St. Amos, still fairly in the middle. I mean, you know, um, their opponent was still going to have to come from quite a far away in Calumet and everything. But what I heard is that uh, a story started circulating that St. Ignace had had a roof leak and that their floor was wet and started warping or something like that. And then there was somebody there from St. Ignace at the game, and I was like, did you guys have a roof leak? No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
So then uh, apparently the apparently the, what happened is that St. Ignatius, once they were out of the girls' basketball playoffs, were basically like, we don't want to host anything. Yeah, and I can understand why Cadillac doesn't want to host, uh, given that they have to travel to to go play. They were they were set to host. Yeah, yeah they were going to host the uh, the Lake Wilmot game. It was right, to be a Cadillac. So then when that got moved to Lake City, um, and which I can totally get that Cadillac not wanting to host a game the night that they're playing because the athletic director is going to want to be at the game. Right, and he said that he was going to have a hard time you know, getting volunteers to staff this game because all the Cadillac fans are going to be at the Cadillac. You know, and they don't, I don't think they get a huge cut of the tickets. Yeah, I mean, this is more they just... They get a little, little cut, but not not much. This is me just complaining. You know, yeah. I'm just whining at a minor inconvenience on one day out of, you know, 365 in the year. It's just, I'm just, you know... Well, I mean, it's going to cost you four hours. Six. I mean, you would have had to travel an hour both ways. That's anyway. true. So free. Yeah, that is so, true. Yeah, and, so it's going to come after four hours. And gas money. I mean, I know I'm going to get a little bit of recoup on the... Uh, yeah, but I don't think they've changed our mileage rates. No, no, we're still price. getting 33 cents a mile, even with uh, gas at 4.25 a gallon. So, man, I, I love that those three months when we were getting 53 and a half cents a gallon that was that was something special you know mm-hmm. i mean I, and well i think that was great i think that was during that was either during football or during basketball that we got that um and they changed it r- fairly soon after we submitted our first expense reports with that mileage and they were like no no, we're not gonna we're not gonna do this sliding scale anymore. It's it's thirty three cents, so better than uh, it, it is better than my my last job where it was twenty five cents a gallon. So I'll take the extra eight cents. But um, yeah, uh, well, a lot of people complaining about the GoFan stuff too. I mean, talking about complaining, I've seen a bunch of people on Twitter complaining about having to buy the tickets online and and all that and complaining about the service fees and that their tickets are 10 bucks instead of, you know, most tickets are in the season or five, you know, and, and then there's service fees on top of it. People are complaining that they can't, some of the times they get to the school and they can't call the ticket up on their phone because the school doesn't have Wi-Fi, Right. You know, and stuff like that. So we're not the only people complaining. Well, we will uh, we'll see how these games go uh, on Tuesday. Again, we're recording this on Monday, uh, so if you're listening to this later in the week, um, you know these games are probably uh, well and and done by now. But uh, let's go ahead and, and get into our interview with the trio from Grayling: Caleb Call, Dylan Craig, and Ethan Kuharik. All right, uh, we are thrilled to welcome in from the Grayling Vikings, Dylan Craig, Caleb Call, and Ethan Kuharik. Uh, Ethan, I'm pronouncing the last name correctly, right? Did I get it? Pretty close. Um, it's uh, Kuharik. Kuharik. Yeah. Okay. Because when I was covering you guys uh, uh, for football, I was like uh, Kucharik the whole time. And then I think one of the coaches called in and I went, Man, that must be that must be the same 
the same kid. Uh, but glad that we've, I, I'm, I'm sure you deal with that every single year at the beginning of the school year with people going, like teachers going through how to pronounce your name, yes? Yeah, I've, I've been called a lot of stuff. I mean, Kacherik's pretty, like, usual, but, like, I've had someone call me Kachrucker, and I was like, that's not even close, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, so, yeah, um, Caleb, Dylan, and Ethan, thank you guys so much for uh, for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. You guys are on spring break. Uh, how are you spending the, the first couple of days? How are things going? Uh, just getting plenty of rest, uh, watching as much film as we can and uh, getting ready for our next game. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it, just getting ready. What does uh, Menominee look like? Athletic. Athletic, long, but I think we match them well. I want to go back to our conversation that we had after the game against Sanford Meridian, and um, I had, a, I had a, a brief moment of honesty where I was like, I don't really like that team over there. I like you guys. I like how you played. I didn't really like, uh, I mean, I was obviously rooting for you guys. Uh, what was the, uh, were there any, was there trash talk on, on the court or it, it seemed that you guys were pretty much just battling. It was just a physical game. Um, but can you kind of take me through the, the atmosphere, the environment on that court? Because it seemed to be, there was, it was competition beside just the game. Right. Uh, you know, we were just, we're competing for a regional championship. And obviously, you know, the environment was, was huge and, you know, emotions were uh, rising as the game went on. But, you know, maybe maybe a little trash talk here and there, but that's part of the game. Uh, but, you know, both of us, both teams were very competitive. So, you know, I wouldn't doubt that, you know, they were trying to get in our heads just as much as we were. Yeah, I was. I would say there were more words said after the game than during the game. I would say. Oh, what were the words after the game? Oh, it was just. It was just you know going at. I had a few that went at me like, "How are you even going to college to play?" Like I was just like, "I don't know, man." Wow. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Uh, and and Ethan, we talked about this too. Uh, you took two really hard fouls in that game. I think both from the same guy who uh, tackled you one time, and then the second kind of threw his shoulder into you from behind. Uh, that seemed to galvanize you guys. Um, and Ethan, I I know we talked about it after the game, but I kind of want you to uh, explain it to me again how you were able to not respond because. After that one where you got tackled, you just got up and you just walked toward the bench. Yeah, um, I mean, it's going to happen, like, on the basketball court, but, I mean, after football season, like, rolling out of the pocket, you take a couple shots here and there. Like, it doesn't hurt as bad now, so just, just getting up and walking away, trying to keep our cool and keep us playing together, that's that's the big goal overall. Well, I think it's just a difficult thing because your adrenaline is so jacked up, and especially in that situation when you're playing for a regional championship, you want to get to the next round, you want to get to the quarters, and then you want to get to the semis and then to the finals, obviously. It just it takes a, a lot of, of discipline uh, to do that. If any of you can kind of take me through what the message is from your coaches uh, in, in situations like that, they must prepare you for things like that. 
Right. We we definitely learn it from practice. You know, we don't we don't have any room to like talk back or show any any bad emotion in the practice. You know, we we practice how we play, and then you know we have the stone cold thing where we kind of just do that, and then have no emotion to any like adversity or any call like bad call that you don't agree with. Uh, we just we just like to get up, walk away, and you know other teams will see that and they're like, dang, maybe uh, we should we should take note. So we don't we don't try and let it affect us. No, nah, I mean we just. It's like our coach always says, says, don't react, don't respond, just play. Just yeah, play. Dylan, you when you threw down that one-handed dunk, I mean, you barely had any reaction at all. I mean, you let everybody else react for you. You just you threw it down, stepped back, oh. kind of pumped your, you know, hit your chest a little bit, but, but that was about it. You guys just always try to keep it calm and cool and, and, and steady, not to get too high or, or too low. Right, definitely. That's the goal. You know, we we try to respond with our game and not respond with, you know, our body language or, you know, voices. So that's a big key for us. I'm imagining you guys have watched the tape of uh, Nominee's last few games. What was it that they did against Benzie Central to be able to get past them in double overtime? I think, you know, they just executed their sets well and kind of just picked apart Benzie's zone. Defense, which is something we're we're watching. What kind of defense do you expect from them in this game? Um, definitely from what we watched, a uh, a man, but you know they'll come and trap you at any time. Like the hedges, pick and rolls, and then you know they're they're gonna press us in a in a, like a full court man, and they'll probably just send traps at our point guard. I'm not sh- I'm sure. Now, Ethan, you brought this up uh, a little earlier. You are also the quarterback for the varsity football team. Uh, and, and I'm Dylan, I know you play as well. Caleb, are you on the football team as well? Forgive my ignorance on that one. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay. I, I told him a million times you should come out and play wide receiver, but no. you know. But I think with those hands he'd be pretty good wide receiver for sure. Uh, hey, you jumping ability to me? Uh, I'm curious to know, are, are there any – similarities or anything that you take from football that you bring on to the basketball court other than being able to to take a hit and uh and just keep going um i'd say one of the biggest ones is just awareness like when i'm in the pocket for football i have to know where all my receivers are and where all the the linemen are at too and where the holes are going to be and then in uh in basketball it's kind of the same thing knowing where the gaps are knowing where my teammates are and being aware of the surroundings when a trap's coming or when someone's cutting. Um, uh, just, I guess this one's for just uh, uh, Dylan and Caleb. I know you guys at the beginning of the season were having a competition between each other to see who who could dunk the more the most during the season. Who's who's leading right now? Me. I think it's I think it's Caleb. Yeah, you know maybe he cherry picks a little bit, but oh. you no, know, I'll get the rebound. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll throw it down the court for him. But you know he had four dunks in one game, so I gotta I gotta give it to him. What are the what are the numbers then? I don't I don't even know at this point. <laughs> I lost track. I just know I got. Oh, I know. Um, and uh, Ethan, I heard that your uh, your little sister is in the uh, Knights of Columbus, like state finals or something. Just qualified for that. Yeah, she uh, went down yesterday, and she she tried. She she did all right. You know, I was I was happy that she made it there. Yeah. She hold it over your head that she got farther than you did. 
Yeah, I mean, she she never really faced anyone though. So I mean, I was I was against they were shooting like twenty threes, but it was it was all right. I was proud of her. It was good to see that she went down and and did all right. Yeah. Now now, what was this? Uh, again, forgive my ignorance. The Knights of Columbus. What was what was this uh, competition or event? That free throw championship, free throw shooting competition that the Knights of Columbus do. Okay. All right. So, yeah, it seems that you guys uh, save your trash talk for your teammates and your siblings and not so much the, the, the competition. So uh, uh, I like that. Um, you guys, we talked about this again last week. Uh, what was that feeling being on the court? You're a few days removed from it now after winning that regional championship, the first in 65 years for that school. Um what were those next few days like, and, and kind of take me through the those moments shortly after uh, on the court and being surrounded by everybody and being able to do that on your home floor. You know, it was a good uh, environment, atmosphere, especially you know winning it on our uh, home court. But I think it definitely took a couple days to like settle in. Like we made history. You know, we're one of the few that have won a regional championship, won a district championship. And now we're hoping to go farther. Yeah, I, I would second that. Like, you know, especially too now, like a few days out from it. Like, even like going into town or going somewhere to eat. It's like now people recognize you and they say, you know, great job. We love seeing what you're doing. And now they're everyone's here to like support. It's amazing. Can you guys take me through um, the the dance that Coach Mead did uh, on center court at the like the little the two-step that he did on the on the on the court gritty. what was what was that <laughs> it's the gritty uh caleb can probably show you an example if he oh, I can't <laughs> <laughs> our team that like to dance so you know we he made he made one of our teammates do it after the district district championship so we were like we had to get him back we had to see, see him do it and yeah. so that was that was agreed upon, like beforehand. Like if we win, you've got to go to center court and do the gritty. Oh yeah, yeah no doubt. <laughs> yeah. It was. What was who did who did it better, Sparty or Coach Mead? Sparty, easily. Oh, so I was, think so. Yeah, he made do it in order to touch the district trophy, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would say Sparty for sure. Okay. Sparty's got some what moves. Funnier, what was funnier to see, Coach Mead doing the gritty after the regional or uh, trying to wrap Eminem at the pep assembly? Oh. <laughs> I'd say I'd say probably the Eminem, honestly. Yeah. He didn't have, he didn't have I, any flow or rhythm. Although. <laughs> yeah, I second bad. What Eminem song, song was it? It was "Lose Yourself," I think. Yeah, well, one, one opportunity. <laughs> wow, that one's like that's not even a difficult Eminem song to right. to rap. That's yeah, just like kind of like you just like talk through it. He didn't even sing it or anything. So Sparty seems to be uh, a beloved um, on on the team and uh, by the crowd. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember his it was in the fourth quarter put you guys up by six points but that stumbling fumbling kind of layup that he just threw up and the crowd went nuts for it um what is uh what does it mean having him on the team and what's a 
what is it about his personality that kind of brings about that that love? I I honestly like he he completes our team. He's like he's like our big that we like need like our needed, and you know his personality. He's just he's just a fun kid to be around. Always positive. Like he he just puts a smile on everyone's face. Right, like if you're if you're down in practice, Sparty's gonna find a way to make you smile, make you laugh. Like he'll he'll be doing a dance move that you've never even seen in your life before, and he just he just starts doing it. So it really uh, he brings our team together for sure. So if you guys make it to the Breslin and win, does everybody have to do the gritty on at center court? I think so. I think everyone. Yeah, everyone have to. <laughs> Everyone's got to. Win. Got to add an extra practice session just to work on doing the gritty. Oh yeah, yeah. oh that'll be in the practice plan. So how cool would it be to get Sparty down to Breslin? Given oh that- my god, that would that would that would be everything because you know he's like the the nickname of the the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. is that what he's named after? I'm, I'm gonna guess. I'm not sure. His full name is Spartacus, but I don't I don't know. It's a unique name though. Oh, that's pretty sweet, too. And for you guys, what would it mean to get to the Breslin? Have you allowed yourself to, to picture yourself there yet? You know, when I've talked to uh, to Coach Meade, it's always been kind of this one-game-at-a-time uh, one mentality. And, Dylan, you kind of had the same thing when we talked uh, after Wednesday's win. But have you allowed even just that? that brief moment to picture yourself playing on the Breslin? I mean, a little bit, but, you know, back to the one game at a time thing, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, We just want to, you know, cherish this moment that we're in right now. Obviously, we're making history, but we're still going to look at our next game as another team, as another game, and uh, hopefully go from there. Like, you gave it, like, a little thought. You're like, you know, man, that'd be crazy. It'd be cool. Like, I... Hopefully we make it there, but it really is like locked in one game at a time because you just it's one and done. So you gotta be ready. Are you guys ready for that three-hour bus ride tomorrow, or probably even longer than that? It's gonna be a good nap. That's all I can say. Yeah. good nap. What time are you guys leaving? Uh, I think two fifteen. Yeah. Sure. Oh, so you guys are you're not leaving a lot of time you're giving yourself just, hopefully the bus doesn't get like a fl- i shouldn't say anything at all let's just i'll knock on the yeah, wood knock, this, let's just <laughs> you know i'm gonna cut that part out of the podcast actually good lord um all right boys uh thank you very much really really appreciate it uh caleb dylan ethan uh pleasure to have you guys on here really really appreciate it good luck uh on on tuesday against menominee and then we will see if we are following you guys down east lansing on thursday and uh maybe even saturday so thanks again appreciate you thank you All right, thanks again to Ethan, Caleb, and Dylan for joining us uh, again. do appreciate them taking some time on their spring break and before they uh, get ready to head up to Sault Ste. Marie to take on Menominee in the 
boys basketball quarterfinals. Uh, again, uh, we had those three big matchups uh, coming up on, on Tuesday. And uh, it'd be interesting to see where things go from there. But let's jump right in now to our Get Around Hall of Fame, which is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's has two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast. Jimmy John's. Freaky. All right. So I am I'm going to put up uh, one of our guests. I'll put up Dylan Craig out of Grayling. Uh, that was the first time that I had a chance to see him play basketball. And the one thing that I said to LJ Mead, the head coach for Grayling, after that, is give me a team with 11 Dylan Crags. Because I just, I like the way that kid plays basketball. He does all of the little things that you are looking for a player to do. His head is always in the game. He's always focused. He's always business. Sanford Meridian uh, liked to do the the bounce passes uh, on the outside and... uh, Dylan would be up guarding the point guard and probably I think five or six times he stuck his leg out and kicked the ball to disrupt the pass. And it got to a point where he had done it so many times that the Sanford Meridian student section started chanting, this is basketball after, uh, after he did it one time. Um, but he just does all those little things. He, his, his passing was crisp that night. The defense was great. Um, I, I think he only sat for maybe a minute, uh, and that was to start the fourth quarter. I, uh, and then he came right back in. I think he just needed a rest. Uh, but he, he played probably 30, 31 minutes, uh, in that game. And again, it was just, he, he led in scoring. I think he had 17 points, finished the night with 17 points and helped lead Grayling to their first regional championship in 65 years. But it was all of the intangibles, everything that he did out there to keep the team together. And as LJ Meade said, yeah, it's it's a group of five. But I really felt like like Dylan in that game, uh, he, he stood out among the rest and, and was, uh, was the best player uh, on the court that night. So that is why he's going to get my uh, nomination for... Athlete of the Week and the Get Around Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'll, and I'll I'll put up uh, Dylan Barnowski from Lake Leona St. Mary. Um, in the in the regionals, he had two great games against two very good teams. I mean, Lake Leona is going to go into that quarterfinal on Tuesday. You know, well tested. They've they've not had an easy game yet in the playoffs. Uh, two tough games in districts while they had their entire starting lineup having the flu two very tough games in regionals with Ellsworth and uh, number one ranked uh, McBain Northern Michigan Christian. Um, he had 22 points and six assists in that uh, regional championship game win, which, you know, broke that streak of 72 years of not winning one for Lake Lewana. He had 21, seven assists and five boards against Ellsworth in that game. So, you know, two, two clutch games in which, in both of those games, that the the other team focused their defense on stopping Sean Bramer and clogging the middle, and trying to put the clamps on Sean Bramer, who still had some pretty good games. Um, but uh, you know, Barnowski helped uh, pick up that slack. So, how are we going to do the dream team this year? Are we doing just five players for the dream team? Or is that how we often do it with uh, with basketball? Do we do like Five, doing, five players per per team, like dream team, second team, third team, all that? Down through sixth. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm putting uh, this year. I'm doing six on the dream team, like kind of not counting the player of the year as a bonus dream team spot. Okay. And then doing five players on the dream team. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to look, I've kind of got them sketched out. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be. I, I'm. Yeah, I and then think I'm also would... doing a defensive player of the year and a freshman of the year. Okay. I think that would be fun to kind of turn that into um, uh, a podcast episode. I don't know if you're on board with doing that, but kind of doing, I think we've done it before where we've revealed the dream team and had the player of the year on uh, as, as a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, I think it'd be yeah, great. I think, to, totally... I think it'd be great to do that for the boys and the girls basketball teams, uh, all region mm-hmm. teams. Good deal. All right, great. Uh, well, let's just, you know, let's keep the tradition rolling. I think the last like three or four weeks we've just put in all of our nominees. And I, I think when you help lead your teams to regional championships that are, you know, more than half a century, uh, one even close to three quarters of a century since the last time it happened, I, I think it's worthy of getting in. So we'll put in both uh, Dylan and Dylan, a pair of Dylans, Dylan uh-huh. Craig. And Dylan Barnowski. Cadillac of a Dylan. Into uh, the... Uh, Cole and Jaden are their stars. We should just put Cole Genema in just for... Uh, have all three boys quarterfinal teams have a... Let's have somebody th- yeah, let's throw Cole in there too. He's been playing through uh, you know, a, a mid-foot sprain all through the playoffs. Yeah. And is at like 70% and has still been leading them to the quarterfinals. I was surprised because the way that it sounded, and I can't remember which coach that I talked to after they had played Cadillac, um, but he, he had thought it was a, a fracture for gentlemen. So I had just kind of counted Cole out, and I didn't know that he was that he was still going. But it's, uh, it's good to see that, again, you know, kids playing through illness and injury uh, to – to, to help their team win. So, all right, we'll put in Cole, Dylan, and Dylan as our Athletes of the Week. Congratulations. You are the latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Craig Barnowski and Cole, or uh, and Genema, sounds like a good law firm, too. Uh, I mean, I would, if I was ever in any legal trouble at all, I would certainly uh, hire their services to, to take care of me if I was... They needed to get me out of a, a murder charge or anything like that. so Or a speeding ticket. One of the two. I don't know. It's just one end or the other. Those two ends of the spectrum. Speeding ticket or, you know, murder. Yeah. Or, or to make a police officer give you a jump. Yeah. In your back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we, we talked about this last week. Uh, James, you filled out your bracket uh, for March Madness uh, last week uh, on the podcast. And... I will say that I, you know, day one and day two went fairly good for me. I I got twenty three out of thirty two. That's not bad. Uh, I I also take great pride in my St. Peter's pick, which not only is uh, do I have it here on the bracket and submitted online, but it is forever recorded in history on this podcast because uh, I had said that last week that I picked St. Peter's. I did not pick them, however, to upset Murray State like they did, and it's great. I would love to see, despite the fact that um, if they beat Purdue, that would 
kill my entire national championship game. My national championship game was Purdue versus Illinois. And Illinois, of course, uh, almost got knocked out in the first round by uh, the Cinderella Chattanooga. That didn't, uh, but that, I thought for sure, I don't know if you saw the Illinois Chattanooga game, James. Um, I did watch some of it, yeah. But uh, I thought for sure that shot at the buzzer was going in and Illinois was going home. Uh, but they uh, they did go home around later when they lost to Houston. So my national champion is, is gone. Uh, and obviously my alma mater bias of being a, a, a U of I graduate um, hurt me in this. But, yeah, so I got 23 out of 32 on, on day one and two. But in the Sweet 16, I only have six teams left. Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Purdue, uh, Villanova, and Iowa State. So good calling out State. I had them win in the first round, but not in the second. I love the Cyclones. Always a big fan. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, have, I have seven teams left of the Sweet 16. I got 26 in the first round. 26? Nice. Um, but, you know, only, <laughs> only seven of those in the second round so yeah yeah it was you have my championship matchup of michigan against gonzaga left though your michigan pick is looking real smart very very smart right now and i had michigan state beating duke so that's going to cost me a an elite eight team too because i had michigan state going to the elite eight yeah i have um Six of my Elite Eight teams still alive because uh, obviously Baylor is gone uh, after losing to North Carolina and Illinois. So in my Elite Eight, I got Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Purdue, Nova, and uh, Iowa State. And I've got three out of my four Final Four. Yeah, so, that, Purdue, that Purdue one could come through and earn you some big-time points. Yeah. Yeah, so I... Final four of Gonzaga, Purdue, Illinois, and Iowa State. Um, but you've got your national champion, right? You said is still alive. Yeah, yeah. Two of my final four teams are gone, though: Kentucky and Wisconsin. Yeah, I felt I did feel smart about my guests. I I, I realized that that sure, yes, I can take pride in in guessing St. Peter's over Kentucky. But that's literally all it was, and that's literally all this is. Completely, nobody yeah. knows. No one knows. Even the most ardent college basketball fan, right? They don't know. Everything's just a guess on this. It's all just a guess, and no yeah. one's no one's a better guesser than anybody else. Yeah, I saw um, some statistics that uh, of all the entrants on Yahoo. All the brackets that were entered on Yahoo, which I'm not sure the number, but ESPN's was like 18 or 19 million. You know, so all the ones on Yahoo that were entered, only 12 people got every first round game right. Wow, and I'm assuming I mean it had to be in the millions of entrants. Yeah, yeah, because ESPN was I think somewhere in the vicinity of 18, 19, 20 million pools or brackets. And the interesting statistic they had for ESPN was that 14 people picked every first-round game wrong. So I, I feel every, like that's just as impressive 
as getting every single game right. Yeah, it would be hard to to mess up thirty two. I mean, and it, and get them all. You know, pick the loser. Yeah. Thirty. Because you've got to pick all the sixteens over the one, and then you have to be like, you know what? No, I'm gonna. I'll take Kentucky over St. Peter's. I'm picking all the other fifteens, but I'm not gonna pick St. Peter's. So that yeah, takes a, a special kind to uh, to to do that. I think in my history of uh, bracket picks, my best first round uh, was 29 out of 32. And I still hang my hat on that, being like, all right, I guessed really well that one year. I had one year, I think, where I got 30 or 31. Wow. It was, it was great. And then and then my bracket went into flames later. But I still was like, thought that was an awesome start. Still holding on to that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens uh, coming up on uh, what we got games again, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right? Yeah, it should be, yeah. So that'll be uh it'll be enjoyable and James, you and I will have games to cover as well. We'll we will see if uh we are gonna be down at the Breslin Center on Thursday by the time many of you are listening to that. Our our fate of that is, it will already be sealed, whether or not we're there or not. Uh it, it will uh, but we do have three teams left still. Oh. Team, so percent the percentages say that at least one of them should win. Well, we don't have a guarantee. Last time we last week we had a guarantee with uh, with the girls with Glen Lake and Lake City playing each other. We knew we were going to have one team. Right now we we are not sure. So we'll we'll see what Cadillac does. Uh, we'll see what Grayling does, and we will see what Lake Leland St. Mary does. Uh, and with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, put uh, episode 211 uh, to bed. Uh, this has been uh, the Get Around Podcast. I've been your host, Brendan Queeley. Alongside me was James Cook. Thanks again to Graylings, uh, Ethan Kaharick, Caleb Call, and Dylan Craig for joining us. Uh, maybe we'll see them doing the gritty on the court at the Breslin uh, here a little later down the line. Uh, but for right now, we're going to sign off episode 211 of the Get Around Podcast is in the books.